Well, I gave the title Reaching the Other Side for uh, our thoughts together this morning. I don't know how many journeys you've been on recently. I mean, we would have all made a journey this morning to get here. Sometimes when we're walking, we don't think of it as a journey, do we? Not that I walked here, as you know, I never do. Um, but we all make journeys. We often plan, we prepare, or perhaps we don't. Perhaps we just go and rely on a sat-nav and push the button um, and, and, uh, and follow what it says. Well, but all journeys <coughs> have a purpose. Well, most do anyway. I'm sure we've all been in situations on some occasions where we said, I don't know why we're going down here, or I don't know why we're going there. But some journeys do seem more purposeful than others. And there are a number of passages and stories in the Bible of people travelling to get to the other side. The term is not specifically used in most of them, but that's what it implies. And in our reading this morning, it very much uh, makes it very clear that they are going to the other side. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Well, there's many stories, as I've said. We can go right back to the Old Testament, right at the beginning of the Bible, to see people who travelled on or around water. There was Noah. We read about, we, we see about Noah in Genesis. God told him to build an ark to prepare. A bit more than just packing your case. Build an ark. Then go into it as the rains come. And Noah set off, he was told, on a journey that would take almost a year. We need to realise he'd never seen rain before. I wonder if he was afraid. I wonder if he felt alone, except all the animals that were around him. He was there, just looking out on all this water, bobbing around in his great big boat, perhaps wondering what's going on. But we read, God remembered Noah, <clears throat> and he sent a wind, and the waters receded, and God completed the journey for Noah to the other side. We then come on to Moses. His journey wasn't actually on the sea, but in between it. Some of you may remember <coughs> children's song you might have sung, How Did Moses Cross the Red Sea? It talks about huff, puff, puff, holding the, the sea back. I, I won't sing it, you'll be pleased to know. But God told Moses, actually, in, in um, Exodus, I think it's... 14 verse 15 he told him actually to stop praying and get going it's a bit of a worrying statement to make from the pulpit but I think what he was indicating here was that well sometimes we pray and we pray and we get the answer and we're not sure it's right so we pray and pray again. And it's not the answer we want, so we pray and we pray again. And there was a sense that perhaps Moses was doing this at this point. And, uh, you know, God says to him, right, get going. Get hold of the Israelites. Get them moving. 
even though Moses had been told by God what would happen, I can't believe that when he was walking between those two barriers of water, across what should have been a sea, he wasn't just that little bit apprehensive. But God got them to the other side. Jonah, well, that was a slightly different story, but he was told by God to go to the other side. And in this case, it was Nineveh. And this was very much stepping outside of his comfort zone. Many of Jonah's countrymen had experienced atrocities through these people. And the last place Jonah wanted to go on a missionary trip was there. Well, he went in the opposite direction, thinking he was out of God's sight. But he couldn't run from God, as we're all aware. And he got to Nineveh via a very roundabout route. But he got there, in the end, on the other side. The disciples went on more than one sea journey, where things got difficult. Just a few verses before the ones we've read is the, the, the story where they were in the boat and Jesus was asleep. Paul travels by boat a lot to get to the other side. In his case, it was always to tell others about the gospel. He was stepping out of his comfort zone to go amongst people that he didn't really know, in many cases. In our reading this morning, we see the disciples setting off to the other side in a boat. And we have a passage here full of action. When I was preparing this, I began to feel like the student Michael Davis was talking about last week. When I wasn't sure where to go, it, it seems an e easy, simple passage uh, to focus on. But actually, when you then look at it, this story in the three Gospels, well, it all gets a bit more complicated. Um, and uh, we, we'll just see that as we, we go through it this morning. But it's an, a passage full of action. And we, we start with the word immediately. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Then verse 27. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, don't be afraid. And then when Peter was struggling, verse 31, we read, immediately Jesus reached out his hand. I think I've probably mentioned before, the word immediately occurs some 55 times in the Bible, 46 of these in the New Testament, and on many occasions it's used by the Gospel writers to describe actions by Jesus, or results of actions by Jesus. Well, we read, Jesus got the disciples into the boat. Why? Well, so they could go ahead of him, and we read, to the other side. I was reading and found that the term the other side was not necessarily always referring to the, the other shore. And in these times, it was sometimes understood that when the term other side was used, it could mean he was sending them out of their comfort zone. In many cases, amongst the Gentiles, to tell them about Jesus. So perhaps that's why he had to make them get into the boat. Very interesting wording there. He made them get into the boat. Well, they might not have wanted to go, but they went. 
As I say, this is recorded in three of the Gospels, and each has a, a little bit of a different take on it. Where they went from and actually where they arrived at is not 100% clear, but it would appear they set off at Capernaum and arrived a few miles along the coast at Gennesaret, probably because of the weather. So what did Jesus do when he'd got the disciples into the boat? Well, he dismissed the crowd. And again, when we read scripture, we just carry on reading these things, don't we? And it's something we just accept. How do you dismiss thousands of people? Where did they all go? Well, we read in one of the other versions, they went to their homes, but there's still a lot of people to go. Well, we're not told in Matthew's account, so it's probably not important, but it just helps us to get the whole picture. It wasn't just a small group of disciples and Jesus standing on the shore, chatting, and Jesus said, get into the boat, go over to the other side. Well, the crowds dispersed. And what was Jesus doing? Well, he didn't get into the boat with the disciples, but he went up the mountainside to pray. Matthew gets a lot in this first couple of verses of this particular story. He mentions mountains, and apparently they were very significant for Matthew. Not so much for their geographical location, but their symbolic value. And in the Bible, people went up a mountain to get closer to God. And then we move on to the evening, and we have two very different pictures. Jesus was on the mountain side alone, seeking solitude. He'd made room in his busy schedule to be alone with the Father, something we may want to reflect on in our busy lives, perhaps. But the situation for the disciples was very different. We read the disciples were at a considerable distance from land, being buffeted by the waves on a journey that Jesus had told them to take. No quiet solitude for them. And then at about 3am it appeared to get worse. A figure was approaching, approaching out of the darkness and you... Again, we just need to remember this would have been very dark. All right, there may have been a moon shining, but it was very dark. The figure spoke to them, take courage. It's me. Well, that encouraged them because they thought it was a ghost. Don't be afraid, Jesus said. I am here. They're not words recorded there, but I can imagine. He said, don't worry, I am here. Yes, Jesus had sent them out, and up to this point, he'd actually left them to it. They were struggling, and Jesus left them until 3 a.m. Now, I'm not saying he ignored them, because Jesus was very much aware of everything that was going on. But we need to just remember, when we step out on a journey for Jesus, when we step out to go to the other side, Jesus is there to help us, but he's not there to protect us and encourage us and push us all the way. He does encourage us, he does protect us, but he gives us that opportunity to take the journey, in a sense, on our own. He hadn't lost sight of them, he was concerned, and he would have stepped in at any moment to help them. 
immediately if they got into trouble. So next time you find yourself in deep water, rowing against the waves, remember, Jesus knows your struggle. He hasn't forgotten you. And he will step in immediately when he needs to. brought out very clearly in that uh, poem, isn't it? Footprints, where there's the two sets of footprints, then when the person was really struggling, there was only one, and they wondered why Jesus had left them, but it was because they were being carried. Well, let's move on and see Peter's response at this point. Tell me to come to you, he said. Is that what you would have said? Tell me to come to you. The boat was bobbing about quite a lot, but I don't know whether I'd have wanted to get out of it. We were better off, or they would have been better off in it. So Jesus tells him to come, and, and Peter, it would appear, immediately steps out of the boat and walks on the water to Jesus. Now he could have tried stepping out of the boat any time on the journey and said, I've had enough of this. But you see, if he'd have stepped out then, he would have sunk immediately. Because it was no good stepping out of the boat until Jesus said, come. And we need to realise if the Lord doesn't tell us to come, doesn't tell us to do something, then we don't do it. Because if we do, we will fail. And how do we know Jesus wants us to do things? Well, we come to him in prayer, either individually or corporately as a church. You see, to walk on water, do something special, we must learn to listen to God and be sure we're hearing what he wants us to do, not just on our own impulses. This story also teaches us that uh, to experience special events in our life, we must get out of our boat, our comfort zone. Leaving is the scariest step we can take, but it is also most rewarding. It needs courage, and it's said that courage is fear that has said its prayers. And of course, if we get out of the boat and we get going on a journey that Jesus wants us to take, we must make sure that we keep our eyes on Jesus. You see, because if we start looking to the left and to the right, we'll see the big waves, as Peter did. Well, so what is, what is your boat? Well, it can be anything that we put our trust in when the going gets tough. It stops us actually getting out of our comfort zone. Leaving it is the scariest step we can take, but it is most rewarding. Well, Peter is certain it's Jesus and gets out of the boat and starts walking. But when he saw the power of the waves around him and the strong winds, he was terrified and began to think twice. Yes, he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Yes, his problem was he focused on the water rather than on Jesus. And we can all do that at some times. 
Well, you know what it's like? You begin a new venture full of hope, full of encouragement. And then you encounter storms and setbacks. And Jesus said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. So we must expect that there will be some problems on our journey of faith. See, growing requires new challenges. Each time we'll experience fear. Each time we risk leaving the boat, it means we are more likely to do it again the next time and be more courageous. The more we do it, well, the more confident we come, not in ourselves, but in the way that Jesus will step in immediately to hold our hand and take us forward. See, staying in the boat doesn't actually guarantee our safety, but it can guarantee that we'll get left behind. Sinking is just part of learning. But God won't let us drown. Sir Edmund Hillary made several attempts to scale Mount Everest before succeeding. After one such attempt, he supposedly stood at the base of the mountain, shook his fist in defiance and shouted, I'll defeat you yet. You're as big as you're ever going to get, but I'm still growing. And he did succeed one day. Winston Churchill said, I've never failed at anything in my life. I was simply given another opportunity to get it right. And we've got a God who forgives us. He knows that when we step out of the boat and start looking towards Jesus, we will suddenly look around. He won't say, well, that's it. But we'll be given another chance and another chance and another chance. Peter had to get out of the boat, had to walk on water. Because Jesus didn't come and get into the boat, but not at that moment anyway. He is out there, on the water, waiting for us to step out towards him when he calls us. So what about you and me? If we're to get to the other side, well, we may have to step out of the boat immediately. We may have to prepare and then step out of the boat, but we must step out. And remember that Jesus is only an arm's length away. And he will immediately support us. Back in the Old Testament again, Joshua had to step out of his comfort zone. He wasn't in a boat, but he was told to get ready to cross the Jordan. We read in Joshua chapter 1, And the Lord's word to Joshua were very clear. I have not commanded you, I have not commanded you to be strong, courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. God was saying, I'm not telling you to do it in your own power. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Don't be discouraged. And then that finishes... For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Well, I don't know what situations you're facing at the moment, but we need to be encouraged when we see Jesus sending his disciples out to get to the other side as he sent us out 
to get to the other side, whatever the other side is for you and me. And we need to be sure he wouldn't send us in that direction if he knew we weren't going to get there.